Hi, I'm Pat Kelly. And I'm Peter Oldring, and we're the hosts of This Is That. Are you kidding? For over a decade, we were radio's go-to source for completely fabricated news. You must be joking me. And now, we're back in podcast form. We've selected some of our favorite stories from over the years and put them in one convenient location. Sugar in the tap water. Bilingual dog park. Charging to see wildlife. This Is That, coming soon on CBC Listen and everywhere you get your podcasts. This is a CBC Podcast. What happens when you get exactly what you want? When your dreams come true and there's still something missing? There are very few artists who end up being successful enough that they actually get to ask themselves that question. Daniel Caesar is one of them. After his career exploded, he had to have a bit of a reckoning about what he wanted out of making music. He'll tell you how the lessons he learned worked their way into his latest album. I'm Talia Schlanger, sitting in for Tom Power. You're listening to Q. All right, you might know Daniel Caesar as the guy from Oshawa, Ontario, who went on to win a Grammy for this song. It's this sunrise and those brown eyes, yes. You're the one that I desire when we wake up. That's Daniel Caesar and her with such a gorgeous song. That is a gorgeous song called Best Heart. Daniel has become known for writing romantic songs about love and longing. He's even said that romance is something he is obsessed with. Okay, you're not alone in that, Daniel. Uh, But lately, some other stuff has been on his mind. Big questions like what does it mean to be a good person? Where does true happiness and fulfillment come from? Daniel explores those questions on his latest album. It's called Never Enough. It's out everywhere now. And when it was first released, Daniel Caesar joined Tom in the Q studio to talk about it. How are you? I'm doing great, man. It's good to be here. This has blown my mind a little bit. Yeah. Because I I think I talked to you in, I want to say, like my fourth month hosting this show. It was fresh, yeah. And you were new, too. Yeah. Like, I think it was one of your first interviews. Yeah, definitely my first, like, made, like, of this caliber. You know what I mean? Like, my first, yeah. It's it's a low caliber. No, the, no, uh, <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> I know it was my first show. one that I really didn't have to try very hard, yeah. in, you know. But it's amazing to see sort of what's become of you. And it's amazing to hear on this record... Um, Maybe you reflecting on what's become of you. Yeah. The bio, which I know you don't write yourself, says Daniel Caesar is on a journey, a path of self-actualization. Oh, I definitely said that, yeah. What does that mean? I was saying to someone, I love making albums because I find out, I always think I know what I want to say. And then by the end of the album, I find out what I actually wanted to say. So it's kind of like a a game I'm playing with myself where I realize, I, I realize more and more that I have no idea what I want or what I'm doing. I kind of show myself what I want. It's through my own actions that I surprise myself and I find out who I am. What did, what did you find out on listening back to this record then? I'll, I'll tell you what I heard, but you tell me first. A lot of good and a lot of bad, but definitely like uh, that I'm growing up, that I kind of resent that. So many things, but also oh, um, 
never enough. Like I realized I have a like a hole that I just I'm gonna keep filling with stuff until until I die. You know what is the what is the hole? You have a hole in your in you know your... like a like a figurative hole. Yeah, I'm never just I'm just never satisfied. You know what I mean? As things have because what I, it makes sense because what I was hearing was someone who has when I first met you. You were saying to me things like, yeah, I think this might work out, you know? Like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we'll get nominated for a Juno or like, I don't know. Maybe we'll get to go on tour. That'd be pretty cool, you know? We just did a sold out show. That was all right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like every time I catch up with you, you're kind of like, yeah, it's getting a little bit. But like then it blew up. Yeah. And what I'm hearing on the record is someone kind of going, is this what I really wanted? Mm. And, um, yeah, that's what I heard. Is this what I really wanted? And why, why do I need to do this? Is that the hole you're talking about? Yeah, but it's this tricky thing because it's like, it is what I wanted. It's just not what I thought it would be. You know what it is? It's like Alice in Wonderland, the Wizard of Oz. You know what I mean? You get to the end, you look behind the curtain, it's just some guy moving levers. I guess I got what I prayed. Angels overhead And yeah, it's not what I slave for I work myself to death You know what I mean? Oh, I understand. You had this idea of like um, fame and success and and success in music is what I'm hungry for and what I want. Yeah, and then you you are one of the rare people because you're so talented mm. to actually get it. Yeah, and then you get it, and you're like, "This is this was it, and this isn't what I thought it was going to be." What did you think it was going to be, and what did it turn out to be? It's not. It wasn't really a surprise. I was just waiting on a feeling that turned out to be fleeting. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. I was waiting on a feeling. It was just kind of like. All right, so many people thought I couldn't I couldn't do it. They doubted me. And then you prove them wrong. And then it's it's like all that um resentment I had that I used as fuel to propel me to accomplish this thing. Now it's like I have no use for it anymore. Like I gotta shift my you know what I mean? Yeah. I would say like like anger or hatred or whatever like they're they are truly sources of fuel, but um you have to be careful not to blow yourself up. It's very flammable. It's very like you know what I mean. It's very unstable. You were using uh, anger and resentment and people not believing in you as a motivator to like make your dreams come true. I'm going to show them. Mm-hmm. And then your dreams came true, and you were like, "God, I, I was using that stuff for this." Yeah, and I'm, it's it's like, and it makes perfect sense. But it's kind of like, what do I do with it now? Like, an example is, um, I had this boss. I used to, I'm like a professional dishwasher. If I wasn't a musician, I'd be a dishwasher. And um, I had this boss. She's just kind of miserable, you know, always yelling at me. Like coming up, the last job I had down on King Street. And um and then one day, you know, I think this might have been even post Juno or something like that. And uh, me and my guys we go to that restaurant 
It's the first time I've gone since I quit. And I think I just had this idea in my head, like, it's just going to be that, like, that moment where they're like, oh, I'm so sorry. You were so right and blah. It's just, you know what I mean? Just like this ridiculous idea in my head of um, retribution or something. Yeah. And then I get there and I see her and I say hi and she says hi. And then I'm instantly like, bro, what am I doing? Like, yeah. this isn't, I'm really not that person. Yeah. You know what I mean? You, I, I, you're hit with like this wall of wave of empathy where you're like, they're being at, first of all, yeah. I'm a bad worker. I was not a good employee. <laughs> I was writing songs. I would not, I wouldn't employ me if, you know what I mean? So it's like, you're, you're, you're instantly kind of like, oh, I, I'm being unreasonable here. It sounds to me like you're learning like two beautiful lessons that people try to learn in life that I'm working on all the time, which is that desiring is always better than the getting. Yeah. The getting is never good as the desiring. Yeah. So if you can get rid of the desiring, things are pretty good. Yeah. And it is better to be compassionate and loving to people than to not be that way for both them and for you. It is selfishly good to be compassionate and loving to people. Sounds like those two things are happening. Yeah. And, but it's, it, I, I think it's important that it's, you don't get to reap the benefit of being compassionate if you're acting compassionate. I always used to think that if I yeah. act like a good person, yeah. then I'm a good person because of, you judge man by his actions. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if, if you hold the door open for the, for the old lady coming through, yeah. then that's the type of guy that you are. Yeah. But if, if you do it, and your intention is not right, then you don't get to reap the benefit. Like you, yeah. you appear to be, which is part of like optics and you don't like, that's just cool. You actually have to love them. But you actually, if you don't, yeah, if you don't actually have the love in your heart, then you're not doing anyone any favors. So it's, it's, it's this tricky thing, but then you can't like, I just manufacture love. That's another thing. I keep hearing people talk about like, People talk about like self love and stuff like that as if it's like some sort of switch. It's just like, bro, like, just, what are you doing? Just love yourself or just love, like, just love your neighbor, you know, all this. And it's kind of just like, I'm trying to figure out how you arrive at that place. Cause I just, yeah. Baby, baby, there will always be space for you and me. I'm Tom Power. You are listening to Q. Daniel Caesar is my guest today. His new album is called Never Enough. And if you've been listening to our conversation this far, you might have picked up on the fact that Daniel is um, at a pretty interesting place in his career. He's had all this success, sold millions of records, like, you know, millions of streams, all these things he's always wanted and worked for for so many years. But now, I mean, surprise, surprise, he's realizing that maybe that's not where true happiness comes from. That's where our conversation picks up. It's not, it's not something you can just turn on and turn off. That love has to be developed through thinking and considering and, and figuring out where that love is going to come from. Like it's for some people, it comes from a really spiritual place. You know, mm. like I know for you, you grew up in the church, right? Yeah. Like your dad was uh, was involved, right? Your yeah, dad? he's like a like a I'm pretty sure, but like a elder, an elder, elder. Oh, sorry, an elder. Yeah. That's all right. That's all right. Your first time with a microphone. <laughs> uh, your dad was in, was in, was involved in the church. Mm-hmm. A lot of people can find access to that love 
you know, th- through that. So I'm sure when you were growing up, ah, I'm sure when you were growing up, you were like, oh, actions, you know, Christian actions are the things that are important. Yeah. But, you know, they actually have to be motivated by, by love for other people. They have to want to, yeah, yeah, to want to do it. And it was pretty intense for you, right? Because, like, my understanding of you from thinking way back then was that you weren't really allowed to play secular music. Yeah, basically. Is that right? Well, it's, yeah, like, it was um, a point of contention. Like, there were parameters that you could play with as far as ideas and music and, like, any sort of curse word or what the hell or something. Like, that's not okay. There were just rules. And when you started writing songs, what were you writing them about? Skrulls. What was the first one? Do you know? First one was a song called um, Shy That Way. I was just, I had a crush on this girl and I was shy, too shy to tell her. So I just made a song. How'd it go? Um, when I see you, my heart beats fast. I want to run, but I want this moment to last. And I see um then it's just gonna scooch on over so that I can be close to you. And one thing that I'm willing to say is that whenever you're gone away, I miss you. Now I wanna kiss you, but I can't. Cause I'm shy that way. Oh, come on. That's beautiful. Did you end up recording that? Did you do that? I didn't. And now I'm listening. I'm like, that might, that might be a hit. <laughs> Listen, I'm in the now. room. I'm in the room. All right. You know, yeah. I just, I'm just saying, you know, Let's go. you know, Caesar power would be great. But um, <laughs> what's, what strikes me about that, going back to our conversation about love from a very early time, even though you were sort of raised around the church and, and, and you were new to writing, you're, you're writing about love. You're my water when I'm stuck in the desert You're the talent all I take when my head hurts You're the sunshine of my life You're, you're writing about romance. You're writing about romantic love. What do you make of that? I'm, like, obsessed with it. Yeah? I'm obsessed with it and kind of, like, yeah, very... It, I think it kind of goes to what we were talking about before. Like, I do... I've also realized throughout this process of the album like idealization or desire like i will see a woman and see the way she moves and moves to a room and how beautiful she is and now like i just make her this uh, on a pedestal you know what i mean just like i don't know how to stop doing that because i know that once once i have her then it's like oh she's a person like anybody else it's not it's really unfair to idealize any human being and make them out to be some sort of god because they're not. And once you meet them, it's a disappointment. It's like I feel pressure meeting like people like that are fans of me. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, oh, man, you, you're not gonna really enjoy this. Like I'm, I'm boring. You know what I mean? I'm like, or it's annoying. Like worse. Um, that, but that's just that's just the thing that we that we do. And so people also become not enough, yeah. never enough. Yeah, we can put all of our hopes and dreams and. And everything we are, we are missing in our lives into others, and we hope that they. But we re, we fail to realize that they are full, true people with their own hopes and dreams, yeah, and their own actualization. And true love is accepting that and bringing that into your life. Yes, it's yeah. exactly like true love is loving a person, not your idea of that person. Exactly. If you can't do that, you yeah, you don't value human beings as much. You value it's like, and then you, it's like this weird narcissistic yeah. like. Yeah, but there's a lot of that in your industry. 
Yeah. There's a oh, lot of that in your industry. That's the name of the game. Yeah. Right? There's yeah. a lot of me above all. There's a lot of people in, in that industry in relationships that serve them, you know? Yeah. There's a lot of that going on, right? Yeah. And then like, because I, I wanted to talk about um, this in the context of Please Don't Lean. And what I heard was you maybe setting some limit limits for yourself, being like, there are a lot of responsibilities that come with a rapid rise to success and a lot of money invested in me and a lot of people who have jobs based on me. Yeah. And you may be putting up a couple of boundaries and a couple of limits. Yeah. Am I right about that? Yeah. It break my heart, but I don't understand if you'd leave me for another man with a little less on his mind, less on his plate, less in his brain. Yeah, just just being like mature enough to yeah tell someone that I want to be enough for you, but like I know that I I can't be. Throughout the whole record, I feel like I'm hearing you go like, "This is this is a lot, and I need to figure out how I'm going to maneuver in it." Like, well, like take like Toronto yeah. 2014, right? It's a song on the record. It's a beautiful song. And it feels like to me, like, like, let's, let's continue your story. You are in the, you're, you're involved in the church. You start writing songs. The songs start doing really well. Your folks, I'm guessing, are not delighted that you're, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you leave home, right? Yeah. You, you left home. You were working as a dishwasher. You were, you slept on a park bench for a little while. That's a big part a little, of it. Yeah. yeah a little, maybe yeah. a couple of nights. Yeah. That was, that was a part of the story. We don't have to get into it. Yeah. Then everything kind of explodes. But when I listen to 2014, I'm hearing you reflect on who you were in 2014 and maybe like try to get back to that. Yeah. Take me back to 2014. So I picked this morning far along the journey. The future was alluring. On the other side of TVs, hoping that they see yeah, because it was like simpler times. My favorite, one of my favorite quotes from Andy Bernard on The Office, he was like, I wish there was a way to know you were in the good old days while you were still in them, you know? And um, I miss, yeah, Toronto 2014 is just kind of like lamenting those days, like I was just broken in love and you're just focused on like the next steps you weren't so and have such a bird's eye view of everything and like worrying about how you're perceived and your legacy and all this stuff that like it doesn't it matters but it doesn't matter you know but what do you what do you miss about that i was more focused on like enjoying myself i was more focused on what this is actually all about, which was just making great songs that, like, I would respect if I heard someone else make them, you know what I mean? And, like, just miss my innocence, not knowing certain things or coming to understand certain things about myself, about the public, about this whole, this whole industry, like, you know what I mean? Being an adult, I don't, I don't... I don't like it. <laughs> Isn't it funny how the time flies? 
Like a G5 jet in the turbulence But we gon' make a home tonight Alright, 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 alright What's hard about the phase you're in right now? Because on the outside it looks amazing and it is, and that's the other thing. I don't want to. No, 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 no. This yeah. is not. This is not the. Don't be. This is not the be grateful conversation. Yeah, no, no yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we have to hold two things in one hand. We have to hold in one hand that you are remarkably successful, and that comes with a certain amount of comfort and, yeah. like you know, financial comfort. Like you're all right. You're gonna be okay. Mm-hmm. And then oh, there's another hand. Yeah, and on yeah, the other hand is just um, it's a job. Yeah. One day, uh, one day I woke up. And I realized that making music was my job. And I remember thinking to myself when I was younger, like, yo, wouldn't it be crazy to wake up and all I have to do is pick up my guitar and write a song? Like, I do that for free. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I make money off of things that I, I would do for free, things I would go broke trying to do. You know what I mean? And now... It's my job, and jobs are, it's hard to be good at your job if you're living through your emotion. You know what I mean? And my whole, like, write, write songs based off emotion, you know what I mean? There are just times where I just, like, I'll just get depressed and I just want to be in bed for a week straight, you know what yeah. I mean? I can't do it. There are too many people that rely on me. There's, like, even this morning, like, I wanted to, I had just gotten back to New York, I've been traveling around for, for a while. I just got back and then my assistant knocks on my door at 6 a.m. He's like, yo, it's time to get up, we gotta go to Toronto. Yeah, and I was like- talk, talk to Tom Power, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? And I was just like, oh yeah, I agreed to do that last week. Like, sorry, I just buddy. wanna curl up in my bed right sorry. now. And it's so, but think about it, it's so childish. Like, yeah, grow up, like it's, you just get on the plane. It's, it's not that big a deal, but it's- It's the reality of the life that you desired. That's yeah. what we we're talking about. It's the life. Answer me this. Does writing about this stuff help you figure this stuff out that you're struggling with, that you're working on? I think it does. I, it's like what comes to my mind to write. You know what I mean? It's like I definitely need to get through this, get this out of my system, because I'd love to make a love song album again. You know what I mean? But that's not where my head has been at. I'm like figuring out how to like loving myself. Are your folks proud? Are your folks proud of you? They are. We're actually really great. They got past the. Yeah, we're great, and we've we've come to an understanding. We've like learned a lot from each other. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm actually eternally grateful for that. You know what I mean? It's it's um. Yeah, I feel like I'm growing up, and that's one of the good parts of growing up. Hi, I'm Willa Paskin, the host of Dakota Ring, Slate's podcast about cracking cultural mysteries. On Dakota Ring, we dive down rabbit holes and obsessively explore questions hiding in plain sight. Like, why has slow dancing gone out of style? And when did we all become obsessed with hydration? And where did the word mullet, you know, to describe a hairstyle, come from? That's Dakota Ring, named one of the best podcasts of 2023 by The New York Times. Listen to new episodes every two weeks and make sure to follow us so you never miss one. You're listening to Q. I'm Talia Schlanger sitting in for Tom Power and you're in the middle of Tom's conversation with Daniel Caesar. They've been talking about how his life has changed since he found success as a professional musician and some of the harder parts that come along with all that. 
of course, there are also perks to fame and success, right? Including the chance to collaborate with some pretty cool musicians. Daniel got that opportunity recently when none other than Justin Bieber reached out. That is where Tom Powers' conversation with Daniel Caesar picks up. It was wild to know you for a while now. And like, again, like I, I got to know you when you were a kid and I was a kid too. It was like six years ago. Yeah. So I was 29 or 28 and you were like 21, 22. Yeah. I would say about 21. Right. Yeah. And then when you had the big hit, Daniel, with peaches. Oh Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry, I was, yeah, I was thinking about, yeah, it's really massive. I got my peaches out in Georgia, oh, yeah. I get my weed from California, that's that. I took my chick up to the north, yeah. That was the biggest song in the entire world for a really long time. Yeah. It was your song with Justin Bieber. Can you tell me how that song came together? How did that, how did you end up on that? What? I've always, I had, like, um, sang at his wedding his wife Haley actually like kind of a and R'd that record. Um, he uh, came up with the piano line, and then she was like, "Yo, you gotta send like Daniel would be great for this. You gotta send it over to him." And then her friend, her best friend Justine, was dating uh, Giveon at the time, so then they sent it over to him as well. And we were all just in different places. I was in um, France working on this record, and but yeah, I just I just cut it. I got to have my my little brother help me out with it it was great Aaron Aaron yeah yeah I see that on the credit H- how did he end up he's a co-writer on it yeah he's a co-writer um we were all we, we basically just did a writing camp we went to the south of France and did like a writing camp for about two weeks and that was just one of the songs on the on the docket to work on I was just freestyling melodies and then they would just throw out lines to you know to to make the song work I left my girl I'm in my When did you realize that song was exploding? We kind of just knew it would from before. I was like, yeah. it's a great, it's a really cool song. It's Justin, you know what I mean? It's, it's a perfect recipe. I didn't doubt for a second that it wouldn't be a big song. It's a, it was not a big song. It was a massive, massive, massive yeah. song. What does it mean for you to share that Peach's like songwriting success with your brother? It's really special. Um, I just feel like a good big brother being able to like, you know what I mean? Like shared that experience with him. And he's so amazing. Like he deserves the world. He's just so gentle and shy. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like I can take the hit for him. He can follow behind. He's just going to, he's going to do amazing things. And I'm just, yeah, it's just really special to be able to like be the one to kind of lead him in there, sneak him in there. There was a, there was a line on the record I wanted to ask you about before we go, and, and I know you got to go soon because you got more of this to do. But I, I wanted to ask you about a line on the on the record. It's from the um, "Pain Is Inevitable" song. Yeah, good song. Thank you. Now I'm a product that must turn a profit. Talk to me about writing that song. Yeah. That one was special. That was one of those ones that just kind of flowed, you know what I mean? 
felt like a little bit of a antenna just receiving it. There's a lot of ego involved in what I do. Gratification of self, gratification of the ego. Very competitive. So like, there's still things that I have to, I feel in myself that I need to prove. I'm, I miss my innocence. I miss, I miss not knowing what I know about life. You know what I mean? And I wish there was a time you would just wake up and you'd be like, man, I'm just going to write beautiful songs and change the world and, you know, all, all this yeah. and all that. And um, and not to say that I don't, I still believe that, I still think that all the time, but there's like, I just know what it takes and I'm aware of the sacrifices necessary and I'm aware of the ways that I'm going to change for better or for worse. You know what I mean? It's like... I don't, there are people that I should call more that I don't call because I, or sometimes when I, when I, when I go back home and there's some drama going on at work and I just, I know that I just need to be present and put my phone down, but I can't yeah. I go back to Oshawa. It's just, it's too slow. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like when you go on tour and every day you wake up in a new city and then you come back home and you're supposed to just like go to the grocery store and pick out tomatoes after just having woken up in a new city every day you can't just slow life down again and just be appreciate the simple things in the same way Have you figured out a way to bring some of that childishness, that innocence, that beginnersness to your life now? Um Yeah, you know what? Honestly, when I cuz I it probably sounds I was in a bad place I guess for a, a good part of this album, but you when were? I was for for a little bit of it, but also in a great place. Yeah. I'm just so but you were emotional a little bit, you were. all over the place. Yeah. But I'm in the like the I'm actually so happy right now. I've been in a really good place, um, just because of taking care, better care of myself. You actually, I didn't realize like how big of a deal that is. But just like eating, eating nonsense and just getting drunk all the time, and, yeah. You know. So what are you doing? What are you doing differently now? I just started working out. Honestly, yeah, yeah. Things are just brighter. You know what I mean? And you're less like end of the world desk but when you're when i was recording the album and when you're working bad hours and i don't have a you don't have a schedule or whatever then that's when you fall into all of the the drinking and the drugs and the the the, the sleeping bad hours and then you look at the world like they took away my innocence uh, i'm gonna get you but when i take care of myself i feel yeah i feel playful i feel fun all the time and this job like it's this weird i feel like i talk and i contradict myself constantly because like it's also in this in this industry generally people don't grow up they're also kind of like frozen in time as like the last time that they were in the real world being responsible it's kind of just like a peter pan sort of industry you know what i mean so there, i definitely suffer from that as well you know what i mean i in relationships i see myself in relationships and i'm like oh are you? i'm like 18 still you know what i mean so i'm still childish but also not at all. 
Yeah, and the the childishness is a good thing. That beginnersness, that I want to get up and write songs. Yeah. And I want to write songs that are beautiful and I don't want to think about the job part of this. That's a beautiful thing to maintain. You know, that's the beginner's mind they call that. That's the thing you yeah. want to keep. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you're 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 coming around to bringing it back into your life. I think so. Things move in cycles or phases. That's a great record. It's my favorite record of yours. That thank you, man. That honestly I'm so yeah. I always love talking to you. Me too. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me, man. Caesar with Do You Like Me. Before that, you heard Tom Powers' conversation with Daniel Caesar. His latest album, Never Enough, is out everywhere. That's it for this episode of Cube. You can find another new episode with filmmaker Vanessa Matsui. She takes you to a classic old movie theater called The Paradise. It's in Toronto, but you know this kind of movie theater. Maybe you grew up going to one. It's the kind of place that you have these beautiful, nostalgic memories of and you kind of hope it never changes. You can find Vanessa's conversation with Tom Power in your podcast feed. I'm Talia Schlanger sitting in for Tom. See you next time. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.